When the leaves turn brown, they come a tumbling down. Remember. Oh, it's autumn. There is a chill in the air and a chill in our podcast coffers. If you like Crisis Twin, consider donating a small monthly surcharge to the podcast that will help support the operating costs and just general good vibes of this enterprise. It's completely optional and you can donate as much or as little as you want, but much like Melissa Leo once said, consider stay warm. Circles and triangles now hanging out with your new girlfriend. I'm so far from where we moved. I'm no cool. Mm. God, that song is like spreading peanut butter on your brain. I just, I cannot believe her genius. Okay, so let's talk about Gwen Stefani for a second before I even introduce myself because it's just like the kind of day that I need to have. Gwen Stefani, when she wrote that song, was 36 years old. That's not old, but that's not like, you know, she's not some like spring chicken, okay? She's like Carly Rae age. Now, to write a song that is both like mature, but also captures like a very youthful essence like that, like Jesus fucking Christ. And it is so catchy. I know Gwen Stefani's current incarnation is hard to look at, um not something that easily meets the gaze but when she was hidden and i i would argue that she was hidden for a solid 15 year period she was hidden pretty hard and we can't take that away from her nor should we i think it's it's really important that we kind of recognize that Gwen Stefani is and always was mother except for maybe like the last two years but like if she's not mother now, she's like an aunt you see once a year and kind of have like a nice catch up convo with and then are like, okay, like I'll see you at Thanksgiving in two years if like your husband wants to make the drive. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, I'm Drew Haskins. You are listening to a extra special solo episode of Crisis Twink. You are also listening to me impersonate Gwen Stefani, which I am apologetic for impressions are really not my strong suit um though if you do want to listen to something that features an incredible Gwen impression Ninfo War is my favorite podcast I truly think the one of the funniest pieces of audio media that has ever been created is back has been back for a few months now but like they took a little hiatus for like short like amused douche episodes to use their terms um and they just came back this week it is macy rodman and theta hamill they are two of the funniest people on earth cannot 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 recommend it enough uh what other podcasts am i listening to right now uh sexy unique podcast with friend of the pod carrie o'donnell continues to be excellent Stradio Lab with friend of the pod George Severus continues to be excellent, truly so funny. Um, I'm also really enjoying uh Sticky Bun Boys, the new Great British Bake Off recap podcast. 
co-hosted by David Atherton and Michael Chakraverty, who were contestants on, I don't know the season exactly, but it was like the 2019 season of Bake Off. It was the season with all the twinks, and these are like two of the twinks that were on. Um, It is so funny, like surprisingly harsh, but not in a mean way. Like they really do get critical, which sometimes when these like call is coming from inside the house podcast, like look back at the media that they participated in. Like I'm specifically referring to the Glee people. They don't really go in as hard as you would have wanted them to go in on it. Um, But Sticky Bun Boys does, and they're both so funny. I would absolutely die if either one of them came on the podcast, so please come on. Um, This season of Bake Off has been pretty good. I just watched the episode that dropped today. I'm recording this and releasing this on Friday, November 4th. It was Pastry Week, which felt really late in the season to do a challenge like this. Um, Because, like, if you go back and watch old Bake Off, pastry is such a crucial component to baking period but especially british baking like i was kind of doing my little like you know bingo card for the show they really did not talk about rough puff pastry until this week which is crazy because like i would never have known what rough puff pastry is otherwise because that's not really an american baking term and i'm a pretty avid baker myself and usually they say it like five times an episode. Like if you do a shot every time they say rough puff, it is like you're dead in a dish. You're on your way to the hospital, but like the paddles aren't going to save you at that point. But this season, they haven't really done a lot of pastry. Um, it's kind of, it, I, I mean, this season in general, I think has been really good, especially from a casting perspective. Like we've gotten rid of maybe a few too many quote-unquote characters before the final like the five that they had going in that to this episode were slightly dull I'm not gonna say that like I think the clear top three for me going into this episode were Janusz who I adore Shabira who I need her to win the whole thing and Sandro, who is hotter than hell. Um, and not the best baker. Like, I get really annoyed when people put so much alcohol on their bakes just to like soak it up. Like, are you trying to dose brew? Like, just make a key lime pie. Like, it's not it's really not that serious. Like, you don't need to douse it in like vodka crayon to like for like a boozy kick. Like, I when I'm eating a biscuit. I don't want it to be like soaked in Campari or something. Like I, I just want like a, a cookie. I want I want to dunk my Oreos in milk, not creme de cassis, not green chartreuse. I want just a normal fucking cookie. And I don't understand why he continually just like puts like whole bottles of Prosecco in his bakes because like that alcohol makes things not rise. So it's a little odd to me. But anyway, Abdul and Maxi going into this episode. Maxi is a very talented baker. Let's just get that out of the way right now. 
but like not a ton of personality like she's very reserved and not like necessarily great tv and that's not a prerequisite for being a good baker or a good contestant on this show but like she and abdul are very much not giving what's supposed to be gave in terms of like giving a character to root for especially compared to like sandra and shabira um and i was a little upset by the elimination this week spoiler alert skip ahead like a minute if you don't want to hear who who goes home maxi went home this week and i was surprised because she's had two star bakers and has been a, consistently in the top this entire time but this week was disastrous for her and i cannot believe she made a giant globe out of phyllo dough filled with wet filling like you just know that's not gonna work and phyllo dough like I mean, the wettest you, thing you can put in phyllo dough is like syruped nuts, like a baklava. Like it doesn't stay crispy. It doesn't hold its shape unless it is very lightly moistened. And I was truly appalled by like the lack of foresight. And I get that she wanted to do something gonzo, but like you need to just use common sense. So I was bummed to see her go, but like, it just wouldn't have gone any other way. And Shabira has now won Starbaker three weeks in a row. Incredibly well-deserved all the way through. I do worry that she is going to lose steam before the final because we've seen people like Steph or Stephen Carter Bailey, my sex god, um, just completely flunk it at the last minute. And I don't want that to happen, but I if anyone could do it, it's Shabira. Like she is one of my favorite contestants in years. Like I always love like kind of the weird girl like Kim Joy in Ruby Bogal, Ruby Tando. Like I just all these people, I love them so much. So I hope she wins. Um what else am I watching right now? White Lotus came out last week, one of my favorite programs. Um sh- programs. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh it was good. It was definitely a table setting episode. I fully stand Megan Fahey. I had never seen her in anything before this, except I, I allegedly I've seen her on SVU, but like I can't remember every guest star that's ever been on that show. Um, I didn't watch the bold type, so I was not super tapped into like her her oeuvre. She's so good. And I was Googling Megan Fahey dye job the entire episode, like trying to figure out how to get my hair that color because it looks so fucking good. Aubrey Plaza, tearing it. Michael Imperioli, tearing it. F. Marie Abraham, tearing it. Uh, whoever their Italian twink son is, tearing it absolutely crazy. I am so surprised that no one has done a quick Google on this guy because everyone is talking about him as if he is like a college twink. He's fully 32 years old. Not that that's bad. I know many 32 year olds. I love 32 year olds. This is not an ages podcast, but like, I think it is so funny watching people see like a twink on screen and immediately treating him like this like precious little lamb, like this babe in the woods. When a 32-year-old has, like, fully lived a life. Like, a th- that that's that's funny to me. I love him, though. I He is a little lamb, and he's so hot. I think the hottest guy on the show, to me, to me, 
is Will Sharp, who is playing Aubrey Plaza's husband. He is like male Phoebe Waller-Bridge from my like quick cursory Googling. I've never seen any of the shows he's produced, directed, written, or acted in. Um, though family close to me really liked Landscapers, which I believe he was the creator and a writer of. Um, so I may have to check that out because I love Olivia Coleman. Um and he was really good. I'm excited to see where the season goes. My little quibbles are that like uh the I love Jennifer Coolidge, obviously, and she's like a genius comedian. I'm not really sure where that plot line is going quite yet. And I think it is a criminal, criminal underutilization of Haley Lou Richardson, who is one of our best young actors right now, like really giving what's supposed to be gave in basically every project. Um, uh, if people have not seen Support the Girls, you absolutely must. Like it is a masterwork of like, in one of the most searing portrayals of like the gig economy and working in American retail and like late capitalism that I've ever seen. Like it's it's really good. Um, my one last note. Theo James. We need to talk about Theo James because he is obviously nuclear apocalyptic hog. I searingly gorgeous man. I don't think he's this first episode. I was like, hmm, I've got my eye on you because he's not really acting boots down. And maybe it will take some time to reveal itself. Like the last season of White Lotus was such a fun little surprise because it had all these actors that I was not like super enthused about their work prior to the show itself. Like Alexandra Daddario was not on my radar as like a, a talent before White Lotus. And I think she sneakily gave the best performance on that show last year. Like Sydney Sweeney, obviously now like icon legend the moment was not on my radar prior to White Lotus and like the second season of Euphoria in which she like goes all the way off like wasn't out at that point and Cassie was not really an iconic character in season one so definitely excited to see where that season goes um what else is going on I'm behind on Drag Race UK I know I think she went home already sorry to spoil but like Dakota Schiffer was my favorite and I know she is most likely gone now so I'm a little less interested in watching the season um I just don't I, I UK like UK season two was really good but like the other three have been very like mid-level seasons and I think it's just because I don't really vibe with like the humor on that show like Danny Beard especially is just a loud mouth and I don't really find that like fun to watch but I should just catch up on Snatch Game and see what I think because it's a silly thing to like critique a show where I have only watched like four out of seven available episodes so I will catch up um Housewives of Potomac has been a revelation I need to say this Wendy Yosefo is a loser. Mia Thorne is a loser. These are losers to me. And I am ready for them to not be on my TV. Mia kind of understands the Housewives game a little bit more than Wendy. Like, Wendy is using this show as, like, an innovation center. Like, she's giving Fulton Market in a way that I don't really respect, I'll be honest. Like, 
your job is not to launch a million businesses while you're on TV. Your job is to create good TV with these women who are professionals in the highest sense of the word. It's very it's very misguided to like use your precious airtime every week to like talk about like launching a business with Cynthia Bailey's husband, ex-husband, ex-ex-husband. And Mia is just too erratic. Like there are housewives on many franchises. Like, you know who Mia gives? Mia gives like Bronwyn. Like, people who are just so inconsistent with their storylines, can't get anything straightened together, like, have the look, have the attitude, but, like, don't really know how to, like, put too fine of a point on it. And you really do need that finesse to make yourself useful, but also make yourself continuously watchable. I would classify Giselle as a loser, too, because she is almost always wrong needlessly provocative and yet she has the finesse to make it consistently watchable and she's so funny and like she gives you things to talk about that are like she's just self-deprecating enough but also delusional enough that like it's a very watchable combo so even though she's always wrong and like drive storylines in ways that i think are genuinely hurtful like the like chris of it all this season i think is like very damaging and like waters down like actual you know like sexual misconduct i giselle continues to to know what show she signed up for and like know how to work it so you just have to give her that um what else i don't know i beverly hills was a flop at the end i don't know where the show goes from there i i think demoting Crystal and Dorit to friends of fire Rinna and keep the rest of the cast, hire a few new people. I, I want Kyle gone too, but I know they're never going to fire Kyle. That is what should happen. But like, it's clear to me that you need to build the show around Erica Sutton and Garcelle. Like those are the only three like genuine personalities that we have on that show right now. Salt Lake is very good. Lisa Barlow is being Salem witch child and I will stand there with a bucket of water putting out those flames. Um, Angie Harrington is a terrorist, a domestic terrorist, and her husband is he's given a little juicy fruit if you catch my drift. And I think it is I don't want to enforce a gender binary here, but like real men do not hide behind fake accounts. So that's all I have to say about that. Um, and honestly, I think I might be done for this week. I didn't really have that much. I just wanted to do a quick check-in. Um, next week, I will be on Girls Room on Tuesday the 8th with special co-host Julia Gray and special guest. Uh, who do we have on next week? Oh, we have... um. A, spencer fox from the wonderful band charlie bliss that'll be great and on wednesday two very special fan favorites return autumn carter and sam zareba are back in the studio for a wonderful instant fan favorite instant classic episode 
um, that we did record two days ago and talks about Halloween, but you will just have to eat it up. No crumbs anyway, because I had a weird schedule this week. You can follow me at FAPigs on Twitter, at Drew Haskins on Twitter with the two Zs, and follow at Crisis from Pod on Twitter and Instagram for direct updates from Pod. And in, with that, I will see y'all next week. Ciao. Like what you just heard? Go to the show notes and whatever podcast app you're listening to this on and click the donation link.